It's derby time. Come on, tell your friends. We'll go to many distant lands with Dan the coach and Jackie the skater. The fun will never end. It's derby time. Welcome to the Power Through the Fourth Whistle Roller Derby Podcast. This is Jackie Bauer. Thank you for joining me today on the path to becoming better athletes, teammates, leaders, and human beings. Your response to last week's episode was overwhelming. Thank you, everyone who wrote in, left comments, left feedback. It was really nice to hear, and it makes me feel good to see all that support in the Derby community for, for the podcast and, more importantly, for each other. That is pretty darn rad, really. Uh, before I get into today's topic, I do want to say that that video I did last week did go up on Wednesday. You can find it on the Facebook page, Power Through the Fourth Whistle, and on our YouTube channel. And it is to help rookie skaters master crossover training. Uh, so anyone who is still having trouble with crossovers or coaches skaters who struggle with it, there are some ideas in there that might help you out. So check it out. So today we are talking about being competitive. But Jackie, last week we talked about the team. Remember, it was the team, the team, the team. That was like a big thing. And we talked about how if we're too competitive, then we leave people behind. I'm not saying we should leave people behind. I did a whole episode last week about how we should not leave people behind. But we do still need to compete. So... Last week's episode is not saying that we should all hold hands and skate in a circle and sing Kumbaya. It's all about elevating the skaters in our league so we can all compete together and become more awesome than we were the day before. We want to go into battle together and we should compete because this is still a sport. And when you're in a sport, You've got to compete with other people, other human beings that are going to push you to your limit and make you dig down deep into your, your energy reserves and give everything you have because that's why we sport, people. We sport because we want to see what's in there. We want to see what we're capable of. And so we sport. Go sports. All right. I'm going to tell you a little story to start here. And I'm using code names for the teams. You might be able to figure out who they are anyway, because I'm not that creative. All right, so this team, let's call them the Apples. They are fighting in the semifinal round of a major tournament in our state. This happened several years ago now. The winner of this game would go on to compete for first place in the tournament, and the loser would go on to compete for third place. In this round, they were competing against 
the B team of a division one team. We're going to call them eight mile, a very good team in the state who is expected to win the game. And one skater from the apples still remembers the locker room talk, how the coach told them not to try hard against eight mile, not to overexert themselves, just save it for trying to win the game the next day. Like, don't worry about it. You don't have to kill yourselves out there. Like just, just get through this game and tomorrow's the game we need to win. We don't need to win today's game or play hard. Save it for third place. Third place is good enough for us. I was not in this locker room or on the Apples team, but in the eyes of this skater who told this story, that coach lost credibility with her for basically conceding in advance. And you know what? That coach no longer coaches. And that skater didn't play again for years. It colored her whole opinion of that team and that coach. She didn't want to go back to a situation where that was okay and where that was acceptable. Years later, she did eventually come back to Derby and is now captain for the first time for one of our neighbor leagues up here. So the message from this story is, you can have different goals for winning or what winning is going to be on this day, but don't give up competing. Competing should still be a thing that you do in every game. I have been re-listening to an audiobook that I enjoy a lot. I believe this is the third or fourth time I've heard it, and it's from uh, football coach Bill Walsh, and it's called The Score Takes Care of Itself. This does not mean that you don't look at the score. What it means is that you adopt a standard of excellence, some practices, things that you are striving for as a team, your process. If you figure all this stuff out and compete to the best of your ability, then the score will take care of itself. If you're out there executing everything you practice, the score takes care of itself. Doesn't mean we ignore it, pretend it isn't there. And, mm, some people have the wrong idea about scoreboards. Scoreboards are still important. There are numbers right there that can tell you how you're doing. So there's a story from the book and it talks about the dance of the doomed. Sounds ominous, right? So this dance of death occurs when a wildebeest is run into submission by a lion. The wildebeest is exhausted. Eyes are glazed over, shoulders slumped. They just accept their fate. This sort of situation happened in a game that the San Francisco 49ers were playing, which was the team Bill Walsh coached. All the players, eyes glazed over, shoulders slumped. They seem to be just going through the motions in this game. And so he basically said to them, well, fellas, I guess we're going to lose today. How do you want to do it? By saying this, 
What he wanted was he wanted them to stand up and fight. And if they were going to lose, to do it with dignity. Dignity. Because your opponent can see your eyes. Your opponent sees the defeat in your face. You don't want them to also crush your spirit. So in this game, the San Francisco 49ers were trailing at the half 35-7. to Yes, it's as bad as it sounds if you don't watch football. This team had already lost seven out of the last nine games they had played. Fans threw stuff at them from the stands as the players went into the locker room. Bill Walsh had to give a talk to his players. And this was going to be a big one. And he simply said, Some of you may think we have already lost this game. You may be right. We may lose this afternoon, and if we do, I can live with it. This is only a football game. However, if we go down, you must decide how you want it to happen. How do you want it to go down? Nobody would blame you for coasting the rest of this game, for throwing in the towel. In fact, When you come back here in 60 minutes, only you will know if you did. Only you will know if you let New Orleans continue this assault or if you stood your ground and fought back. Frankly, I care a lot more about how we lose than if we lose. Gentlemen, in the second half, you're going to find out something important. You're going to find out who you are. And you might not like what you find. And then he probably dropped the mic. In my mind, he might have done that, but maybe he didn't. (laughs) So it's a change in attitude that was needed. Like even in the worst of circumstances, don't unravel mentally or emotionally. Continue to fight and execute the best you can on this day. You know what happened at the end of that game? Second half, the 49ers outscored the Saints 28 to nothing. They won the game in overtime with a field goal. This was one of the biggest football comebacks of all time. Let's fast forward to just this week. Uh, We were at practice. This is a derby story. I'm sorry. I'm going to go away from football for a second because it's a roller derby podcast. Yay. Hi, derby. Okay. Scrimmage at a recent practice. We broke up into a a couple of small teams, white versus black. I started on the white team and we were executing well. We had players setting a tone for what we were going to do on the track that day. We were having success. We were feeling pretty good about what we were laying down, you know, Things were going well. We were pleased. But the black team was struggling, and it wasn't clear why. So halfway through, the teams were mixed up, and I got switched to the black team. We went through a few jams, and I could see in the eyes of my teammates, like, something was wrong. I couldn't put my finger on it right away, but there was, like, just a little bit of that glazed look in the eyes. A little bit of the going through the motions is starting to take place unconsciously. Like, 
they didn't have immediate success in the first half. They didn't know why. And they had a look on their faces that were just like, ah, uh, I guess. Uh. <laughs> so I talked to the players and I was getting similar responses like, hey, just not feeling it today. Like, I'm just not in my best place today. I'm, I'm working on the mental side of things. Like, I don't know why I'm just off today. Like they all had similar things to say. Um, and you know what? All this is perfectly understandable. You're not going to show up at practice every day like your most awesome, brilliant, whatever self. Sometimes you're going to have an off day. And it's good to forgive yourself when that happens and just be like, today was off. The next time's going to be better. That's okay. But I wanted to see if we could bring it back. I wanted to see if we could overcome this, this general malaise that we are going through on the black team now. So we took a timeout and had a chat. And I said, hey, if we're not feeling this today, like we don't have to be scrimmaging. Like it's, a, it's perfectly okay. We could ask to do a drill instead. There's only what, like 15 more minutes to go in practice. It wouldn't be a big deal at all. We could say no more scrimmage. Or we could do one more jam and come up with a plan and execute it to the best of our ability and see if we can salvage this scrimmage tonight. Either way, I don't want any of us to go home feeling defeated. I want us to feel good about what we did here today. And if that's going to be better off in a drill or in scrimmage, let's figure it out because we're not going to go home feeling like this. The black team decided they wanted that one more jam. So we made a plan. We did the jam and we got lead. We had successful teamwork. Things went well. And after that jam, we didn't even have to touch base with each other to see if we wanted to keep playing because the mood had changed. We set a different tone for black for the rest of scrimmage. And it was a change in attitude. We didn't get lead every jam for the rest of the scrimmage. Like that, I'm not saying that we suddenly had an overwhelming victory the way the 49ers did. It was more like 50-50, but every jam, there was something to be proud of in it. There was, there was evidence that we were making progress and that we hadn't given up and we were doing things with more focus, enthusiasm, intensity, teamwork than we had before because we made a choice to do that. We all decided... No, we're not going to go down like this. We're, we're going to do something together and we're going to give whatever we've got left the rest of this night and feel better about it. And we did. I am really glad that this actually happened because I'm really proud of my team for how we handled it. We got to practice coming back from that dance of the doomed mentality, prove that we absolutely could come back and we will be more ready to bounce back like that in games in the future. This is probably a situation that happens to you a lot on your team where people just aren't feel feeling it at practice, in a drill, in a scrimmage, and then eventually in a game. So how are you going to rally the troops? How are you going to decide to finish that game? There's a quote I keep in my head. It's from Emmett Smith. That's another footballer, American football. Sorry, I should be specifying because I actually do have this great European audience as well. 
And the quote is, I may win and I may lose, but I will never be defeated. So make sure you make yourself proud with whatever you do out there so you can hold your head up high and be able to look in the mirror the next day. We're going to take a quick break where you can listen to one of our sponsors that helps support the podcast. Be right back. And we're back in this second part. I'm going to talk about not the losing side of competing, but the winning side of competing, particularly something called success disease. This was also talked about in the Bill Walsh book. So it's a sticky topic and it stays in my mind. Having a winning season can make it super challenging to keep pushing. You'll be really tempted to just coast. On one team I was on, winning was actually one of the most dangerous things that could happen to our momentum. That sounds like totally weird, right? Winning was dangerous, especially if we won by a lot. Isn't the goal to win games? (laughs) But a big enough win and half the team might take the next week completely off. What? (laughs) Success disease. It's not just for sports, but it can be in like business to other life situations. If you aren't continually looking for how to make the process better and innovate, you're going to get caught off guard by the next opponent, the next situation in your life. You can't just coast through life when you're doing well. You got to, you got to keep a little bit of awareness for what's coming. So It is very difficult to keep upping your game, to work harder and smarter after success and to keep the team focused because you know what? You're all feeling pretty darn good. You're like, huh, let's pat each other on the back. You're awesome. No, you're awesome. No, you're the most awesome. Let's all have drinks. (laughs) So yes, you should celebrate your accomplishments. Enjoy the after party, have a ball, do the wobble, do everything you need to do to celebrate being your amazing selves. But by next practice, you need to show up ready to work again. It's time to get back to work. We're not going to have an easy practice just because we had a game. We should focus and think about what we can do better next time. Dial into what worked well during this game. Why did it work well? And most importantly, Where are areas we can improve upon what we're already doing? So not just in games, like as individuals, we all have to deal with this in our daily lives too. Like a perfect example is whatever you do to work out outside a derby. Like I know I have to fight against this in my daily life for my own personal training off skates. And I'm one of the more driven people I know. And it's still a thing for me. It's really easy after accomplishing a big goal to just take a break for a while or take a rest day because you're like, oh, I finally did this. Cool. But if you rest too much, you can already start to lose the progress you've made on your gains for strength and endurance. I've actually been told before by uh, some people that I shouldn't work out as much as I do. And that I'm already in shape and should take it easy and rest more. Well, 
I got news for you. You don't just work out one day and then you are an athlete and you are good for life. Like that's, that's not how it works. It's not how it works. <laughs> like, yes, everyone needs an appropriate amount of rest. That is important, but we don't need that much rest. Like you got to stay hungry and keep your focus on your next goal. Like right now for me, I'm working on achieving a handstand and improving the flexibility of my shoulders to get a better wheel pose. I'm doing lots of other things for strength training and endurance and whatnot, but those are the little things that I'm keeping in my head that I'm working towards. So I always have a little something to keep me going because if I don't give myself something to work on to improve my personal performance, I'm just stuck in a plateau. And it's the same in roller derby with your skills. There was a year where people told me I was good enough and I could relax. Like, truthfully, they just wanted me to put less pressure on myself. And I definitely could have done that. But I shouldn't just straight up relax and be good with that because what's the point of that? Like, I, I do celebrate my victories. I pat myself on the back, but there's always another game. There's another goal. There's always something I could be working on to keep being more awesome. So yes, I've accomplished this and this and this, and I feel really good about where I am and things are awesome. But what about maybe I can do this too? How about this? Like I should keep trying because you never know how amazing you could end up being. Like we are humans. Nobody is a masterpiece in a museum. We are all continual works in progress. And if you don't keep moving forward in some area of your life, it doesn't have to be derby necessarily, but you should always be moving forward, pecking away at something. Like maybe derby isn't even your interest right now. Maybe you're interested in doing something else, but see where you can go with that. Because if you don't keep moving forward, you might be going backward or just staying in place. I mean, with this podcast, if I put out an episode and get a great response from you guys, it doesn't mean I should take a week off and not put out an episode and just be like, ha, uh, now I'm done. <laughs> I have done my job here. Like, no, like I shouldn't stop working to keep improving this podcast. Like I'm still figuring out ways to get a little better at the audio. Like I apologize that I know my ad is still a little bit loud. I'm going to work on it. <laughs> I, I definitely want to keep reaching out, helping more humans out there in the Derby community. So I, I should never put out a crap episode and assume y'all will just be into it because I've won you over now. That's not how this works. I, I want to strive for better all the time. I want to always be putting out really great content into the world that can help some people. And I'm going to keep scrutinizing my list of topics for what feels most relevant, most interesting, most important to be sharing and talking about. I'm basically competing with myself here <laughs> and that's okay. That's what we should be doing. So if you're suffering from success disease in some area of your life where you're doing really good and it's hard to keep yourself motivated to keep going forward, or this is something your team is going through, the advice from the Bill Walsh book was strive to be a one point underdog. This coach would actually invent reasons why their team was the underdog in a given situation, even if 
everyone else in the media said they're doing great and should be crushing everybody. Like, they, he needed to keep the players sharp. So he kept trying to tell them, like, look, we could potentially lose this game. Like, there was a game scheduled against Kansas City. They were told they should have no problem winning, but he gathered his players together and told them a different story than they were hearing from the media. Like, that Kansas City was actually a very dangerous opponent to them because they're coming off a losing streak and they're extra hungry to prove themselves and they want to come out here and, and make a big show and show that we're not as good as we think we are. So the players listened and they won that game. And they didn't assume the victory was there. They had to go out there and take it. So when you are having success in your season, respect your opponent enough to play a complete game with everything you've got from start to finish. I'm not saying you need to do big takeout hits on everyone. That's not necessary, and that's not what gets you respect. That makes you a bully. But if your team fights to control every jam with focus and precision, that is a worthwhile victory. And we're going to take another super quick break where you can find out how you can support Power Through the Fourth Whistle Roller Derby Podcast. Hey there, friends. Want to know how you can support the Power Through the Fourth Whistle Roller Derby podcast and look super cool doing it? Our store has a bunch of roller derby designs that can be put on all kinds of super soft, high quality t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, hoodies, notebooks, mugs, stickers, blankets, and more at Threadless. Whether you love cartoon animals on roller skates, like our Apex Predator T-Rex or Jam-A-Llama, to messages like Roller Derby Strong and My Mom Plays Roller Derby, there's really something for everybody. Visit powerforthwhistle.threadless.com. That's P-O-W-E-R, the number four, T-H-W-H-I-S-T-L-E dot threadless.com. Thank you for your support and back to our show. And we're back. So this last part, we're going to talk about having a chip on your shoulder. But before I get into that, let's talk about what games you don't need to come in with this crazy gladiator mentality, because I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that every game in the entire world needs to be this way. Let's talk about the exceptions to the rule just for a moment. So I can show you I am a realist and there are situations you can goof off and not worry about advancing your skills as a player, the outcome of the game, those type of things would be mixed scrimmages, like just for fun, stuff that's for charity, costume bouts at RollerCon. You can let your hair down a little bit. You can do some silly things if you want. I really enjoyed the game at RollerCon last year that was between... Oh, what was it? It was Mad Max Fury Road and The Matrix. Everyone was dressed up. And they had a great time, but they found ways to like throw in funny, like slow motion bullet sequences and all sorts of stuff. Like they proved like, Hey, we're having a good time. And then we do some derby and then we have a good time. Like they weren't super crazy concerned about the outcome of the game as much as like, we're here clearly to just uh, have some fun today. And that's all right. But if you're best skaters, of your league are scheduled to compete against another league's best skaters, you should be bringing it. 
whatever it is that you have to bring. So I watched this game last year. This is another story. We drove pretty far away to support a team that I used to play for and Coach Dan used to coach for as they took on another rival in the state. It was a very, a very talented team from up north. And we didn't know really what was going to happen, but we watched this game and something strange happened. And it happened early. The team just, the team we came to support primarily, they were off. They weren't on their game. And it didn't look like they had any chance of finding it again. And it kind of divided the players a bit. Like you could tell which ones were kind of growing isolated from the experience. Some of them were just kind of looking down, depressed, confused, baffled by what was happening, not understanding why they weren't playing better against this team that they normally played better against and why things weren't working out. And some of the players took a different approach. Like, oh, well. <laughs> like, oh, well, we're losing. <laughs> like, it, this is fine. Uh, like, okay, smiling, laughing, dancing. I really think all of this is fine as long as you're competing between those whistles. You can have a darn good time while you play the sport of roller derby, but... I want you to actually play during those whistles, too. If you go through the motions and just say, oh, there the jammer goes again, LOL. Wow, I suck, LOL. Lulz. <laughs> Whatever. Like, this is situations where you suddenly decide, like, hey, everyone on the team should jam because that would be fun. Like, what? I understand in a training situation, like in a scrimmage where you say on this day, everyone's going to jam because we all want to be ready to jam, but just doing it for the sake of doing it. I don't understand the purpose in a real game because, okay. It's one thing if your jammers are super tired, but somebody who legit does not want to jam, don't make them suffer. That's, that's, that's like, I just don't understand, like, if you're okay with and happy with, like, oh, we're just, we're just not so great on this day. Like, gee, we're not good enough. Lulz. I don't know. I don't know. Like, this team was clearly divided. Some of them were just trying to laugh it off, off the misery, and others were taking it very, very close to their hearts. It was a mixed bag. And I'm not sure which is worse, actually, like the defeated dead in the eyes look or laughing your way through defeat. Either way, you're no longer competing. You're no longer being competitive. And worst of all, they weren't being a team anymore. They weren't playing together. If they just found a way to focus and play together again, they could have salvaged something of that day and finished with more dignity. And that's, and this sounds like such a downer, but that's, that's what they were missing. I could tell from the skaters who were upset. They, they lost some dignity because of how this went down. So I'm going to find a creative way to swear, not swear on this podcast, because we are not a swearing podcast. 
but there are people on your team who give a fox, like a baby fox. It's really cute and cuddly, but it is such a fox. They give so much fox. You see where I'm going with this? <laughs> if you go like, la, 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 we don't have to look at the score. We don't have to care about this. All that matters is you're pretty. Like, what? <laughs> there are people on your team who do care that this hurts very deeply who will question your game decisions when you decide to do goofy stuff just because. And these players aren't going to stick around if they get the sense that we're not competing anymore and having fun is more important than trying to actually do our best at the sport that we've all put so much time and effort into. These people still care about doing really well, and they're going to feel isolated if you're just out there having a party on the jam line so where's the line? Because you can't compete to the death and be like all grrr all the time, but you can't be happy, go lucky. I don't care about the outcome. Let's love each other and skate and hold hands in a circle all the time. And I'm not going to look at the score and I'm going to track the amount of high fives we give instead. Like either it's, you got to find in between strive for the middle ground because this is absolutely possible. And this was absolutely possible on this team for many years. And I was so friggin' proud of how well we walked this line because you could be competitive and work hard and enjoy doing it and enjoy each other. And on this day, they didn't do that. Maybe they're just having an off day. Those happen. But in your team culture, can you find a way to do both? Can you find a way to really work hard and appreciate each other for doing it, to enjoy each other's company, push each other to the limit till we're both gasping for breath and then epic high five is given? Or you race like, like demon dogs are chasing you and then you high five and you thank the other person for bringing it so hard today, help you find that extra gear. So a tool you can use to get this, this middle ground, this right area is, I shouldn't even say right, but this, this little middle zone we're going for, I don't know. I don't have a better word right now. I'm working on becoming a better podcaster. Meh. Okay. You need a chip on your shoulder. You need to have an edge because having a chip on your shoulder, like it honestly gets a bad rap. I don't know why. Maybe it has like a negative connotation, but you can work this to your advantage. You just need a little one, just a little one. But all the great athletes out there in history have had a chip on their shoulder. The, the Michael Jordans and the Kobe Bryants of the world, like getting up at 4 a.m., trading twice a day or whatever. I'm not saying you need to do this, but for the athletes like this, when you're already the best in the world, why would you do something like that? Because you got a chip on your shoulder. You've got something to prove, something to keep you going. Even when you're already seen by many to be the best, you don't stop fighting to be the best. Keep Every time I say chip on my shoulder, I keep hearing like that song from Legally Blonde, the musical. You know the one, or you can find it. It's a cute little ditty. But anyway... Healthy rivalries are a really good way to keep that chip on your shoulder. 
there is a, a rivalry between University of Michigan and Michigan State, where I'm from. Also, both of those teams versus Ohio State. These are huge rivalries. People get like super invested. And up north in roller derby, there's always been a rivalry between the original derby team in the area and the team that was formed later. Wins and losses, they've gone back and forth. And it has always been the case that the team who wanted it more, that had more to prove on that day, that had the bigger chip on their shoulder, they've always been the winner. Every single time, it was the team that wanted it more, that wanted to prove it to the other team that it's our turn this year. So how do you make a chip on their shoulder when you don't have one? Sometimes you need to create a demon, is what Bill Walsh said in this book. It's a really good book. You should really listen to it. So in this story, Bill Walsh, bleh, Bill Walsh created a demon. And the team, the 49ers, they're on a bus. They're going to New York. And he gets this vibe on the bus that people are just kind of, eh, they're just hanging out. Like they're just chilling. But they don't seem like intense or ready to play this intense contact sport of foosball. Um, so he decided he needed to create a demon. And the demon was the New York media. So there's this whole story about how he's like, stop the bus. And so they, they go into this weird abandoned parking lot, probably picture like a tumbleweed tumbling by or something. And he just lets them have it. He's like, he's waving this newspaper around and he's like, oh, I'm sick of all the things the New York media says about us. Have you read this? Have you seen this? Of course, none of them have. He's like, they are. Oh, the, he's opening it up like, oh, look, they say such things about us. Like, I, I can't even believe it. Like, they don't respect us. They don't think that we're, as, we're that good. Like, oh, I can't take it. How much they say these things. Are you going to prove them wrong? Are you going to prove them we are that team? And everyone gets fired up and they're like, yeah, we're going to go play football. And he's like, right. I don't know what was actually in that newspaper that day. Maybe there wasn't even a story about the 49ers, but it worked. And it also worked because it wasn't something that this coach did all the time. It was pretty rare that he put on this acting performance, but he knew how to use it. And it sounds manipulative, but it worked and it worked on his team. <sighs> so when I'm struggling personally, I need to find my edge. Sometimes I'll think about that health teacher that told me I was out of shape. I told you that story in a recent episode. And, and when I think about that person, I say, I'm going to prove you wrong. Watch me work. So for me, that chip on my shoulder is anyone who has ever thought I couldn't do something. I will show you that I can. Thank you to everyone who rated the podcast this week. Oh my gosh, every little bit helps. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we got our first supporter of the podcast this week. Big, huge thank you to Kate. 
I I haven't mentioned it before because it, it feels early, but there is a link in the show notes where you can support the podcast. It's similar to Patreon, but it's run through Anchor where this podcast is hosted and distributed to other sites. So uh, thank you, Kate. If anyone else is interested in supporting the podcast monthly, you can jump in there. We also got a new review this week from Furious Bones Noodles 5. And it simply says, pew, pew. (laughs) Thank you, Furious Bones Noodles 5. Um, That absolutely works for me. So you guys, I... I was I was legit serious. If you leave me a pew pew, I'm good with that. Like <laughs> having reviews helps. Uh, you can put whatever you want in them. It just leaving a review is super helpful. Punch the stars, leave a little comment, something. I really like how you guys are helping me out with this, and let let's help some other people find the podcast. Thank you. So if you want to follow our Facebook page, it's at facebook.com slash power through fourth whistle with the number four. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at power fourth whistle. And if you are interested in becoming a sponsor, email powerforthwhistle at gmail.com or send us a DM on any of the social stuff. Links and handles can be found in the show notes. Thank you for listening. Come back and join us next week where I might have a little surprise for you. I'm not going to tell you what it is because I'm going to leave you in suspense. And we have been talking about Derby and sharing Derby thoughts. Pew, pew. Hope those lasers of positivity help you start your day or end your day whenever you need to be positive. <laughs>